Welcome to the second Women in Economics podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Larissa. And today we're going to be talking about our experiences as first-year PhD students. We talk a bit about how we manage the pressure of comparing ourselves to other people, how we've coped through COVID isolation, how we try and stay grounded throughout the process, and also we hear from some experts on the other side about how one can become a successful researcher. So if you're thinking about starting or you've already started a PhD, we hope this episode will be helpful for you with some tips or some reassuring solidarity. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode and tune in. So before we start, some quick housekeeping points. Uh, the topics we discussed today are our own thoughts and opinions and don't represent our university affiliations or the other members of the Women in Economics Initiative. The sources for any statistics, studies or resources that we refer to will be available in the episode notes. Yep, and Women in Economics is continuing to grow in 2021. We've got a lot of new members. We're doing a lot more events uh, and we're hoping to bring you new original content. So if you're interested in getting involved, uh, we have some open positions in research for the Women in Economics Index. We're also looking at taking on some people for outreach and design and promotion. So check out our website, women-in-economics.com. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the unexpected pressures that we faced when we started our PhD and how this has probably been exacerbated by the COVID pandemic. Like I said earlier, this episode is for anyone who's in a similar position and finding themselves struggling or for anyone who might be considering starting a PhD in economics and wants some honest opinions and advice. And before we start, we just want to clarify that we know um, some other people are in much, much worse situations during the COVID pandemic. And this episode is about us discussing our personal feelings and struggles, but we also want to acknowledge uh, the privileges that we have, that we're healthy and that we're economically safe during these tumultuous times. Um, at the same time, we hope that by sharing these personal problems that we're facing, that we can at least uh, help some other people in similar situations to feel less alone and also to reduce some of the stigma surrounding mental health, career pressure, um, and just by sharing our problems that we uh, all are strengthened through the process. And we also want to say that if you are experiencing burnout or stress or despair about your career or your studies, um, then you should reach out to someone for help, either at your university, so the mental health services, uh, or your supervisor, your colleagues, yeah, or uh, other loved ones that you have, because um, it's never worth sacrificing your whole life over a job or, or, a, uh, or a degree, and you can always get some extra guidance or support if you need it. Yeah, I totally agree. Your mental health comes first, and that is especially true for the PhD in economics, but also in general. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, so a little bit of background about us first. My name is Jess Parker. I'm from Perth, Western Australia. I completed my Bachelor of Commerce at the Curtin University and I majored in economics and international relations and then went on to do honours in economics. I moved to Germany with my partner in 2017 and since then I've studied a Master of Arts in Development and Governance at the University of Duisburg-Essen. I'm currently employed as a researcher at the Mercada Graduate College for, World, for Open-Mindedness, Tolerance and Community Spirit. And I'm a doctoral candidate at the Institute for Socioeconomics at the University of Duisburg-Essen. 
I'm mainly interested in uh, political economy related topics. Um, I guess at the moment, especially critical feminist theory, unpaid labor, degrowth, participatory research approaches and local community development. <laughs> Thank you, Jess, and sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> so right. I said, I'm Larissa Fuchs, and I'm also a doctoral uh, candidate at um, University of Cologne in economics, and I started one year ago. I also have an economics background as I hold a Master of Science in Economics from the University of Bonn. After my master's, I have been working one year as an IT consultant, but nowadays I am mostly doing applied microeconomics to either estimate effects of education choices, look at discrimination in hiring decisions based on artificial intelligence, or anything else that um, decides to cross my mind. And in general, I am interested in everything that relates to diversity and the dynamics of discrimination, which I love to act out either within the Women in Economics Initiative or in my research. And Jess, I have a question for you. So how are you today and how are you in general? Yeah, I guess it changes every day. <laughs> Yesterday I thought it was going fine and then today I felt a bit... I think with the PhD, I've noticed is that it's such a big topic and I have to break it down into little goals and that's how you get things done, which is great. But sometimes once I finish the little goal, then I think like, I feel like I'm starting from scratch all over again, kind of. And so today I opened up my task list and there's thought, oh no, starting again. And, uh, but yes, I think that's just a part of the, the roller coaster. And it is a kind of an emotional roller coaster. A friend of mine also said that when she started her PhD. She wasn't uh, expecting how up and down it would be from day to day or week to week. But how are you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can relate to a lot of things you just said. So today I don't really feel well because I'm lacking of sleep. And it's one of the weeks where I have a lot on my plate work-wise and also in my private lives, which seems to be blurred anyways mm -hmm. when you're bent to home office and facing a pandemic. But in general, I, I'd say the second year in the PhD already feels much better, even though it's hard to meet people at the university. Mm -hmm. But um, in accordance to what you just said, I would also describe this last year in general as a business cycle. And if I had three words to describe it, it would be unexpected scary and very emotional <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah especially with COVID I mean I read this meme the other day which said that we're not really working from home we're more like living at work and I thought yeah pretty much <laughs> um but yeah so we weren't really uh prepared for how uh changeable it would be in our PhD and so we thought we'd ask Barbara Bullman your colleague who's in the last stages of her PhD at the University College London, and she's just starting her postdoc at the University of Cologne. We asked her from the other side, what do you know now that you wish you had known at the start of your PhD? For me, I think it is that asking for help is really okay. Not understanding everything at the first time you see it is really okay, especially during the PhD, which is really a period of education where you're just starting to do your own research and um, so it, it can take really, really long and be very unproductive to just ponder about things on your own. Um, and so approaching others, other classmates, more senior PhD students, 
professors, postdocs, and so on, and ask for their advice and help is really okay. And uh, in fact, something that you should do um, because it also helps you build a better network, get more ideas, and so on. And in the end, this is what um, research is all about, that we collaborate um, to get more knowledge in a way. And so that's something um, that I was really hesitant about when I started the PhD because I thought this is a sign of weakness. But actually, um, it's a very productive thing to do. Yeah, so I really agree with Barbara's point about um, feeling unproductive when you're just thinking about things and uh, not really feeling like you've made a lot of progress when actually if I think back to what I've learned over the last year, it's been quite a lot really. Um, Even if I think I'm just reading and thinking, if if I really think about what I have picked up and the knowledge and the theory that I've immersed myself in, I've done quite a lot while I'm just sitting and and pondering. And I talked to a friend of mine about this who works in an office and she said, you know, when you work in an office, you send lots of emails, you make lots of phone calls, you have lots of meetings, but often you don't really achieve anything. Um, So that compared to doing the PhD probably feels like you're unproductive when actually you are laying the groundwork for your future research success. Yeah, totally. To what you just said, I think it's especially true because I I mean, I came from one year of consulting and I was used to hierarchies and consequently pe- people telling me what to do. So yeah. this is the biggest difference to when you're doing a PhD because you start working on your own projects and you have all the freedom and with all this freedom comes all the responsibility so, of course, uh, as an economist, this is a trade-off because on the one hand, it is such a gift. And on the other hand, when you're facing insecurities or anxieties, like I certainly do, it has a lot of trigger points. And although I feel better after one year, I feel like this is mostly because I just accepted that it's okay to struggle when mm. you're trying to make an important contribution mm. because it makes sense that it doesn't happen overnight and that it certainly won't be easy. But no. um, another thing I would like to mention is that so besides of the constant pressure of outsiders that ask you... How's your PhD um, going? <laughs> exactly. Every five minutes, how's your dissertation going? Um, I can say that I think economics seems to be almost a borderline case when it comes to pressure and competitiveness. And this is certainly something economics as a social science has to discuss because the way we are approaching problems and what gaps our research tries to fill is influenced by life experiences. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if the circumstances we are finding ourselves in affects individuals differently, for example, by by gender, I cannot understand how we are supposed to not talk about it. And of course, it's hard to do so, to talk to professors, of course, with the pandemic, but in general, if it's only male professor or the profession you're facing has has a severe gender issue. That's also why we asked Barbara, my um, co-worker, what tools and habits she has established for herself to cope with the competitive environment when entering the PhD. I think the most important thing probably is 
um, not to compare yourself with others. This is kind of, this is what we always do. If we meet somebody new, we check out their CV, see where they've published and so on. In classes, we wonder about the questions of the others. We are kind of, yeah, we are impressed by all the questions the others have. But in the end, what matters is your work. And so um, whenever I get really anxious, I try to focus on my work and not think so much about like what other people do um, and how I might not be able to compete with them. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that's been made hard about COVID is, you know, she said before, like we can't, we shouldn't compare ourselves too much to others, but at the same time, we should talk, also talk to others and get influence from them and talk about how what we're learning and get inspired and share our experiences and that has just been further complicated by this situation and like Barbara says you know you look at people's CVs that's kind of much more what you can do that right now online is, is check out what everyone's doing and they're publishing or they're going to conferences or you see them on LinkedIn or whatever but there isn't a lot of face-to-face -face personal interaction where you can really share um, you know be inspired by what the other person's learning or share your struggles or or learn about how other people are dealing with um, the issues that they're facing and I think it makes it really hard um, in this environment where there's just this yeah competitive push kind of um, but I was reading a paper today actually um, from a from a researcher who's looking at um, attempting participatory research as a doctoral student which is relevant for me Patricia Maguire And I just read this quote and it was perfect and I, I couldn't believe uh, that I saw it and then we were doing this podcast. It just made complete sense for me at that time. But basically she says, it's dangerous to compare our modest beginnings and exhausting middles to the successful documented endings of others' work. For we never know where we begin, where the work will take us and those involved. Perhaps this is what may allows us to even begin. Learn from others' work, but don't be intimidated by it. It's too easy to be seduced into comparing, then trivializing or discounting your own efforts. The point is to learn and grow from doing and to celebrate the doing, no matter how flawed, small scale or less than ideal it is. And that was just perfect. Like it just seemed she was speaking exactly to these feelings and these experiences that, that we are having, um, reading our minds and talking straight to us. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But still, I mean, now we heard from Barbara and now I heard from you when you quoted, but it's so hard to not do so. I mean, I'm extremely lucky with the environment I experience in Cologne because it's supportive and constructive and the discussion culture is nice. But regarding the competitiveness in, in general, I think it's not only the competition you're facing, but if you want to pursue career in academia you have to publish in really high quality journals if you're yeah. if you want to become a tenured professor and I just want to raise the point that especially as a woman you have to go the extra mile if you want to become a professor and at the very okay not so very young but I still feel very young with 28 really? <laughs> you have to answer the question how to balance family and career if to balance or how to balance if so so the time when you finish the PhD also coincides with the time where you eventually want to settle down location wise or maybe plan to have children and yeah. that's just a lot of uncertainty you have to account for and that just comes on top of this competitiveness because then mm -hmm. 
you're thinking about, okay, which path should I take? Should I try really hard and become or try to become a tenure professor? Or should I just go to the private sector afterwards? And mm -hmm. this will um, shift my incentives at a very early stage and certainly equilibrium because I might not become what I want to become. So it's really inefficient. And yeah. besides that, it's really unfair. Yeah, it is a really, it's such a hard decision to make, you know. And I have some colleagues who have young children and I don't know how they do it. They're amazing. Like they, they, yeah. and, and, I, and I get the feeling that they're always being pulled in, in these separate directions, you know. Um, and, but does that go away, you know, once you finish your PhD and once you do get a professor position or if you go to the private sector? And maybe that's just a problem for career women in general or, um, or career parents and, and to, to an extent as well. I think that this is not only a women's issue, especially if you think about um, how beneficial uh, equal parental leave could be for fathers um, yeah. and also for women in the, in, the, um, in the industry. That's why we should, I don't know why people cannot constantly talk about it because it's just so much more effective for the whole society and not only effective, just just better and more relieving, like removing stereotypes and ideas we have in our minds about gender. And I think especially economists have so many really smart ideas thinking about, I don't know, how to make um, auction theory or making processes a process better and then how can we not think about how to make our profession better in a way that simply decisions are better for everyone mm. yeah i mean someone's getting paid more than we are to answer that question i guess or <laughs> but yeah yeah <clears throat> so we asked some advice from a woman professor Pia Pinger, she is um, she holds the chair of economics, design and behavior at the University of Cologne, and happens to be my supervisor. Usually, she has some terrific advice uh, for me, but now also for you. When we asked her, what kind of characteristics do you think does a good PhD student need? Well, I think as an academic, uh, you probably need a lot of very different skills to be successful. You need to be able to read and write well in English. You need to have good math and programming skills and you need to be able to communicate your ideas and to defend them at times in presentations. But aside from that, I think it's very important that you're gritty. So the definition of grit is that you persevere and that you have a passion for long-term goals uh, and you need a lot of curiosity and the willingness to work really hard. And what I think is really important above all is that as a successful PhD student, you have found a research topic that you can identify with and that you love and that you find important above everything else. Yeah, so her response, what I found funny about it when I first listened to it, I thought, do I have grit? What, am I gritty? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, how do I know if I'm gritty or not? But 
then I just kind of thought about it a little bit more and decided, you know what, I'm just going to have to be gritty. Like that's just, I'm just going to have to persevere. And maybe that's what perseverance is, just deciding every day that you're going to push through. But like she also says, that's so much easier when you do love the project. I mean, you do are interested in the topic and the the really what you're focusing on you something that you care about. And for me, that's what I always keep coming back to. Every time I get worried about competition, every time I get worried about not finishing the dissertation or the, I don't know, trying to publish, trying to be a professor, all of that stuff, I just remind myself of this is what I'm interested in. This is what I care about. This is what I want to do for the next three or four or five or ten, who, who knows how long it will take, years, um, because because I'm interested in it and because I think the research is interesting and exciting and no matter what, no matter if other people don't think it's interesting or relevant or exciting or no matter if it doesn't lead to me being a professor or anything, this is what I want to do for these years in my life. So Jess, I guess we will find out if we are pretty enough once we hold our um, titles or we don't. Um, but in general, um, what what Pia says about perseverance is the most important to me because it makes perfect sense that once you're trying to explore something that has never been done before, you cannot follow a certain procedure because you are developing the new standard and or the procedure or the process um, itself. So the best outcome will have seen a lot of approaches that you tried and failed and discarded and maybe tried again. And then you thought, ah, damn, that doesn't work. And at some point, you might have it. And of course, your patience is much higher when you love your research topic and find it relevant. If it was for a research area, I don't really care. I would have quit already, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I think um, that's kind of what research is, right? It's like we already said, you know, you've got little tasks. It's not really one big project or one big dissertation. It's all these tiny little challenges and problem-solving exercises and many, many little failures that you do every week and you have to find a way through. And that's why I think it feels uh, you get defeated sometimes. But I don't know, at the same time, it's, it's super rewarding when you have those little problems and those little challenges and every time you find, you seem to just find a solution. Um, I mean, in my, in my research process anyway, that's very much what it's like. Um, it's a very... In inductive process of, of learning by doing and uh, problem solving each little challenge that comes up. Yeah, and um, talking about our extremely successful dissertations, in every uh, conversation we have, we seem to be super interested in how we could also have an enjoyable dissertation, which mm, is I why... Like We also asked Professor Pia Pinger how to have a successful but enjoyable academic career or dissertation. The first one is work really hard, but do so in well-defined intervals and make also sure that you allow for breaks and that you take care of yourself and of your health. The second one is really important. Find a topic that you love and that you find really important, that you really like reading about, that you like to work on, and that you find so important that you feel it is really worth all the time you're putting into your dissertation. 
And the third one is find a circle of people who support you both inside and outside of academia. So for example, make sure that you find a circle of really supportive other PhD students that you can talk to about your work and about your struggles and maybe also about your private life. And make sure that you keep in touch with your friends and family. So call your friends regularly, stay in touch with your family, and make sure that you have a circle of people who love and support you also independent of your work. Yeah, her last point about uh, a group of friends and family who aren't PhD or academic bubble people, I think for me is so important because, you know, sometimes you think a problem or you think a topic or your dissertation itself is just the most important thing in the world. And then you go to someone completely outside of that bubble and they look at you like, that's not important. Like no one cares. (laughs) No one cares about that in the real world, you know? And I think that as academics or or as researchers, um, it's really important for us to really stay grounded and to be connected to people outside of the research bubble, you know, because I think some people think what they're doing is so important. It's worth all this I don't know, hair pulling, sleepless nights, stress and all of those kinds of things. But, you know, if you talk to people out there in the real world, then they can really bring you back down and remind you about what's actually important in your whole life, not just these few years. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I like my fellow econ mates. Well, I have a great but group. I'm super lucky. <laughs> Oh, you have to say that, right? No, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, but sometimes I also recognize that when when I come home, I'm so happy I'm not talking econ stuff because sometimes economists tend to economize just everything and life. And, of course, it's a social science, but still, um. But in accordance to what Pia said, I also think that every contact you have, if it's my friend, if it's you, you are also my friend, where you can simply open up and be vulnerable and honest and talk about all my doubts help helps a lot because it's really hard to keep the image up of being a superwoman. However, redesigning what superwoman means to oneself can be super relieving Mm -hmm. so yesterday was international women's day and i was not in i was in a really bad mood to be honest because (laughs) i don't know sometimes i realized i i realized it's 2021 and there's still pay care data gap but and besides that so many women or also men volunteering to fight for equality and still they have to take ignorant comments and statements framed as jokes or whatever. Mm. So it made me even more happy that we found it, um, we, because this network and also the friendships that just naturally evolve because there's so many inspiring individuals help keep me going every day. Mm. And also realizing that the process is more of a ride and that failure and being set back with projects is the not perfectly normal, but my normal way to achieve the best outcome. Um, 
Yeah, it's a part it's of the ride. Really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The network is really helpful and and reaching out to people. Um, but what else do you do to like stay cool, cool as a cucumber? <laughs> Well, am I? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but um, of course, I I try to. I made meditation and yoga a habit, but I I'm I don't want to lie here. Sometimes when I feel really bad, I I don't know what to do. I try to talk to people. Sometimes I it really helps me to watch um, individuals that I find inspiring, like. Beyonce or Nobel laureates. <laughs> well, both fair. Both fair. That's my guilty pleasure watching them and seeing them being honored for their life. And then it may be it may get better, but sometimes it simply doesn't. And I think that's also human because nowadays, of course, self-care is important, but it's not it's okay to have emotions. Of course. And it's okay feel sad and then sometimes you just have to accept it because some things that happen are really upsetting and that's okay and if I just want to lay in bed and and cry that's also okay I will just fall fall asleep and next day I I get bed back up and course, yeah. redo yeah and everyone has bad days and everyone's allowed to have bad days gosh you know i'm not exactly. about this toxic positivity stuff about like positive what thinking. is this oh it's like where you know people say <laughs> no, to you, like if you're happy and if you're positive and if you like think always the best everything you know you'll be okay like it's just about changing your mindset and to a point i totally agree with that of course you know what you think does influence your life and does influence what happens in your life but at the same time everybody has bad days sometimes you just feel worse and I think sometimes being as sad for a day or um, you know not being as productive as we like I view it as well imagine now I had a cold and I just couldn't get so much work done and I just do what I can and I make that little effort because today's not I'm not feeling so well but tomorrow I'll get back up again like you said um, and I think it's really compounded during the PhD because, you know, you said at the start that doing the PhD, it feels like a big responsibility because it's such a big gift. And that is really how I view it because it's I'm so lucky to be able to work and study something that I care about and that I'm passionate about and I think is really interesting and important and how many people can say that in their lives, you know. So it does feel like a gift and that brings with it an appreciation but also a bit of pressure to feel like oh I better not bugger it up yeah I agree and what do you do to um stay how did you say cool as stay a cucumber cool. <laughs> to cope um yeah I've been uh doing yoga a bit I think it doesn't really matter what it is like it doesn't even have to be a sport but find something that you enjoy which is good for you you know, because I can enjoy a glass of wine, but I can't do that every morning at seven o'clock. So you I can't. <laughs> well, I shouldn't. So I think finding something that you enjoy, which is good for you. The other thing I do is gardening. Like uh, now that the springtime's rolling around, you know, I get my hands out into the dirt and just dig around. And my mind, I'm using my mind to do something physical. I'm reconnecting with my plants. And uh, that for me is just a really healthy 
feel good activity I can do. So I don't think it, I mean, some people bake, some people go jogging, crazy people go jogging, um, you know, <laughs> but I think just find something which, you know, makes you feel good and is good for you at the same time. Um, what's less good for me is I love um, the PhD subreddit. Um, I love all the memes. It makes me laugh. I love the support that people offer there. You know, there's a lot of people struggling um, with difficult supervisors or difficult working conditions or this pressure that we talked about. Also, this imposter syndrome comes up a lot or, you know, this lack of motivation during COVID and really struggling to work. Um, really, really common themes. And it's just so nice to read strangers on the Internet talk about their common experiences Um and how they're dealing and also to hear the advice that other people give them, you know, and a lot of the time it's just, it's not as bad as you think it is. Tomorrow's another day. You can get through it kind of thing. And so I really, really like that um, PhD Reddit page. And the last thing is podcasts. I actually uh, really enjoy listening to, like you said, inspiring people, people who make me laugh and distract me or people who, yeah, just, I don't know. I like a podcast, kind of like a conversation that you're listening, you get to listen to from really interesting, intelligent people uh, or just funny people, silly people. Uh, it's also very valuable. So podcasts I, I are my go-to as well. So intelligent or funny. <laughs> yeah, I've never met anyone who's both. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Hello? I am kidding you. I am kidding Yeah. You. Well, I guess that wraps it up for today, Larissa. Thanks so much for talking to me. I really appreciate how honest and vulnerable you are and that you're always there for me to talk to if I'm struggling. And I hope you know that I'm always here for you when you're having bad days. And I know that. Yeah, thank you so much also Great. for every light, late night call you're taking from me and also for doing this podcast. And I really hope that... Um, It helps I to everyone who too. listens to it. Yeah, me too. And if you need more help or you need more late-night conversations, you people out there, um, please look us up. Um, our website, again, is women-in-economics.com. We're on Twitter at women underscore in underscore econ. We're also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Just search for the Women in Economics Initiative. And we're now on Instagram uh, at women underscore in underscore economics. Uh, we really love to hear your feedback and your tips, how you deal, uh, what you thought about this podcast and your best advice because we need it. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Larissa.